Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. I'm your host, Matthew Barnaby. It's been about actually three weeks since I've actually felt well. Man, have I felt like dog shit. Some good days, some bad days, but even yesterday I was about to cut, cut the podcast. It felt like crap. Felt like crap. Feeling a little bit better today, just in time. Headed to Buffalo tomorrow for the week. My daughter turns 23. And uh, live show at Riverworks, July 23rd, after the Chicklets Cup. Can't wait. First live show. Can't wait to see Biz Nasty, Paul Bissonette, uh, Ryan Whitney, and everyone coming from Southern Ontario. Actually, everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. And a lot of Buffalonians. I know a lot of Labatt's Blue is going to be drank. I know a lot, a lot of Pink Whitney will be drank as well. So I can't wait to see the boys, can't wait to see all the fans from their podcast, Spit and Chicklets, obviously a massive, massive success what they have brought. And uh, real excited to see my buddy Sean Green from Riverworks. What a venue, if you're in Southern Ontario or Buffalo, New York, especially come down, see the boys, have some drinks, have some fun, going to be an absolute blast, that I can promise. Today's podcast. Uh, I wanted to talk youth hockey, and we'll get into that, but I want to start with the Open, not the British Open, it's just the Open, people, just the Open, it doesn't happen only in Britain. Australia wins, Cam Smith, one of the best Opens I can remember, man, this was tight right till the end, Cameron Young knocks one on, Eagles 18, forcing Cam Smith, who's been on fire, was the best putter all week long. And deservedly wins. He was one of my picks. I had him in McElroy, so it looked good going down the stretch. I also had a unit on Tiger Woods, which didn't end well. But I didn't think Tiger would win. But when Tiger plays, I put a unit on him either which way. Because I just love the cheer for the man. Favorite, like I've said. I don't know, almost every podcast it feels like. Favorite athlete of all time. But man, it looks like his body is just not going to hold up anymore. I think we are going to end with 15 majors doesn't take away with all the injuries that he's had all the things that have went on uh still the goat to me but he really looks like brett Favre at the end of his career it's over these young guys are not afraid of tiger woods nor should they be these guys are ready to win right out of the gate uh, not only just winning tour events but major championships uh, all the winners of the major championships this year, all under the age of 30. First time that's ever happened. Usually we go with experience. Now we're looking at young guys. This Cam Young, man, can he bomb the ball? Is he going to be a player? McElroy played great. McElroy played great. You know, he was the favorite going in at plus 1,000. Played unbelievable. Just couldn't make a putt, especially on Sunday. He was all around the cup. There's probably six or seven that could have dropped for him, but that that's golf. You got to knock it in, and the best putter usually wins the tournament if you are okay tee to green. And that was Cam Smith. His putter, especially that putt on seventeen, where he's just trying to get up and down. No, he probably has to make birdie on eighteen, even with the lead. Uh, just drains a 12, 13 footer right in the heart. Comes down, hits a great drive, gets up and down on eighteen uh, to win by one. So we did have Cam Smith. We had McElroy, Cam Smith pays off, and uh, 20 under. I think that's what I said 
the score would be. This was a much different championship just in the fact that there was no rain, not a ton of wind, so 20 under, a massive score. But like I said, I, I've played St. Andrews where it's raining sideways and 50 degrees, and I've played it where it's 80 and sunny, two different courses. It is fun to watch these fuckers get in to bunkers and have to get down on one knee, play backwards, take unplayables. Uh, but if you stay out of the bunkers, it's relatively, especially if you bomb the ball, not that hard a course. Great year. Great year. Smith, probably not going to win player of the year. Probably going to go Scotty Scheffler. But man, was he fun to watch. Now, does he go to the live tour? Is he following David Faraday, who goes to the live tour? Many more guys, I've told you, are going to be live tour members very shortly. Rumor is Smith is in negotiations, open up the checkbook, and they probably will follow. Does Cam Smith follow the likes of Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson? We saw their reception at the Open was not great. Not great. Hey, who gives a fuck? Got $120 million, DeChambeau $100 million, whatever the numbers may be. It's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of money. By the way, I went to uh, went to Top Gun yesterday. I wasn't feeling great, but I went to Top Gun. Always temper expectations when you're going to see a sequel as iconic as the original Top Gun was. Unbelievable job. Great writing. Uh, Rooster, who is Goose's son in the in the movie, uh, Miles Teller, where all the women just love. I know they love that beach scene, but it was it was good. It was really good. I tempered expectations, but it uh, it was really really good. Too bad poor Kelly McGillis. Uh, I don't want to say didn't take care of herself the last thirty years, but certainly couldn't play into that movie and that uh, that that crew that they had there. But great writing, great movie, loved it. You haven't seen it? Go see it. It just eclipsed over one billion dollars at the box office. Highly recommend. Tom Cruise, who I don't like, I think he's a fucking weirdo. But man, was he good? Was he good? Really, really well done. Really well done. Today's podcast on youth hockey. I get asked all the time now through text, through Facebook, through Instagram, through posts I post of my son. Uh, through Twitter on different things that happen, you know, whether it's development, whether it's training, whether it's agents and advisors, I'm going to take you down the road. And I asked Twitter and, and different things, and I tried to pick the best ones that I could because we can only go on for so long. But the best ones that I had to try to answer on youth hockey and getting to the next level and agents and advisors uh, let's start with development. Uh, the main thing is, is everyone develops at a different age. Everyone hits puberty at a, at a different age. And I've dealt with this with my, my son. The main thing is, is to play. Don't sit. People are always chasing the A. And I, 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 wrote, a, I, I wrote a blog, and I'll post that at some point again. 
people chase the A. If there was a quadruple A and a, and a five A and a six A and whatever it may be, everyone's going to chase that fucking A. Just put a, an A at the end of it and people can charge $500 more. That's just the reality of parents trying to chase and chase and keep up with the Joneses. Listen, I was a psychotic hockey dad too. I was a coach and I'm still a little crazy as a hockey dad because you want the best for your kids and I totally understand that. But one thing I realized very early, and my son played AAA hockey, uh, good player, was very good at, at a young age. And I'm always going to refer to him because I know him very well. And that's how I kind of, you know, base everything. I, I take my experiences as a kid playing who was like my son, very small, very talented, and then got to Bantam hockey and, was, and, and didn't grow, didn't hit puberty. And it's not like I wasn't as good as the other guys. I just wasn't as developed. And I used to call it, well, I called it as my son did, the big dinkies against the little dinkies. Essentially, if you hit puberty early, and if you've ever read the book uh, by Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Outliers, it's a great book that just calls it, you know, 10,000 hours. If you want to perfect something, you have to do it for 10,000 hours. And, and birth dates are very important, January, February, and March. Uh, you're probably going to be more developed than than being born in October, November, December. If you're a January birthday versus a December birthday, that's almost a year old. So you should be bigger, stronger, faster. Make the AAA teams. Now, there are exceptions that guys are just exceptional players and maybe grow. And they are on November or December birthday. Listen, there's outliers to everything in life. And, and that holds true, certainly to hockey and sports in general. But don't chase the A. My son at 15 years old didn't grow at all. I mean, he was about five foot two, 112 pounds at 15. I mean, he was small. And we were going into, you know, midget AAA. And I'm like, it's gonna get killed. And there, there were players out there that weren't nearly as good as him, but they were more developed and they were more they, they, they were ready for that level more than he was. So I made the executive decision, and as hard as it was for him to accept, to take him down to double A. And he played a ton. If he would have played on the triple A team, if he would have made it, I don't even know if he would have made it because he was that small. Probably could have played power play and used this skill on the power play. But still, the speed and size difference, you get hit once, you're fucking done. And you might never want to play hockey again. Took him down to double A where he played every situation. Now, the kids were equally as big, but not nearly as talented playing double A as opposed to triple A. Not as fast. Not able to line you up as quick. Not able to lay those big checks. So if you're a little smarter than the other guys, then it plays in. It was the best thing we did. Now, we didn't stop there because we still, his goal, and I knew at some point he was going to grow because I had went through this 30 years earlier. We got all the skill work. We had guys work with him on off days. We would get up at 5 o'clock in the morning before school, and I would get him dressed. Well, I wouldn't get him dressed. He was 15 fucking years old. That would have been weird. But we would go to an outdoor rink before school and I would turn the lights on and we would do skills for 45 minutes to an hour before school started. After school, we'd go back to the rink and work on skills, 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 skills. So the main thing is, is to play. 
You don't get better sitting on a bench. Even though you're on the AAA team, if you're the last forward, you're probably better to be the best forward on the AA team. And I've had this conversation with so many parents over the years, and they they can't grasp it. They they want to chase that A, and they believe if you're not on the AAA team at 12 years old, that you 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 can't make it. Listen, no scouts are looking at you at 12. Unless you're Eric Lindros or Connor McDavid, your name isn't getting circulated out there. When you start to get to 14 and 15 and we start talking about the OHL draft, listen, I, I, I totally get it. But you don't get better at any age sitting on the bench. It comes back to playing and training. And this leads me into summer hockey. It's, it, this has been a debate since I was 10 years old. And I played summer hockey from the age of 10 to 15, or maybe even 16, 16. I played all the time, tournaments, tournaments. Now, we didn't have as many skill sessions when we were younger. I did some a guy named Bucky Buchanan I used to do power skating with. I used to do a, a power skating with uh, skill sessions with Chris Frinity, who's well-known in the Ottawa area. And now there's a plethora of guys out there that you can get that done. Burnout. People said, oh, he's going to burn out. He plays too much. He, now, listen, I played, I played football. I played soccer. I played baseball at elite levels. Not football, but baseball and soccer I was very good at. I played those other sports, and I love them. But I loved hockey. And, and I don't believe in burnout. If, and this is a big if, if you have a kid that absolutely loves going to the rink in July, and there's skill sessions out there, bring them. I loved it. I wanted to be at the rink more than anything else. I had a son that wanted to be at the rink more than anyone else. And people say, oh, he's going to burn out. Your kid's going to burn out. Not, not if you have to drag them. If, 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 if you have to drag them, they're going to get burned out. Adrian O'Coin's a perfect example. Played 20 years in the NHL. Played with him when I was in Peewee. Never played summer hockey. Played probably lacrosse. I don't even know what he did. But if you probably dragged him to the rink, he didn't want to be there in the summer. And that's okay, too. That's okay, too. But if you have a kid, like I was, or Matthew Jr. was, and loves to go to the rink, bring him to the rink. Just don't drag them. It's expensive. Very expensive. If I had to choose, and... and I was very fortunate. I ran skill sessions and, and had skill sessions and, and different stuff. And and I was very lucky. I did well playing hockey. So it didn't affect my, my bottom line. But I understand how expensive it, it is out there. If I had to choose between tournaments and skills and skating sessions, pick the skills and skating sessions. Give up the tournaments. If you can, if you can afford to do both, listen. I'm never going to say don't go to a tournament because it's a lot of fun. And summer hockey, it's changed a little bit, but usually it's the best. And you get to play with guys from, if we were in the States, why had a team from Dallas and, and Chicago guys together and New York and, and all over St. Louis, the Clayton Kellers, the Logan Browns, all these guys we would put on a team in the summer. So it was a lot of fun. And we competed at the highest, highest level. But if I had to choose between playing tournaments or working on skating skills and off ice, 
not even close. Take the skills and the skating. Because the amount of times you're going to touch a puck and play in a tournament, paying roughly $1,000 by the time you pay hotels and travel and food and tournament fees and jerseys, take that money and put it into skills and skating. Because that's what you need. That's what you need. It's, it, it's all about skills and skating. And the older you get, the more you recognize that. And 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 I, I'm so glad we did it at a young age because now it helps Matthew to where he is trying to get to that next step. But if you have to drag your kid, stop. Stop it. Stop it. They're going to hate hockey. They're going to hate you. But if they're begging, Dad, Mom, please take me. Take me to skills. Take me to skating. Take them. You will not have burnout. I, I've seen Clayton Keller play a million tournaments and do skills that never saw burnout in him. Kids making about $50 million in the National Hockey League right now. Why? Because he loved, loved hockey. Here's a question I had the other day and asked me to, someone posted a picture and I, I never went through this because our kids played at the highest AAA level at the time. But I have seen it, and I actually created a, a winter hockey and, and summer hockey called uh, Super Series back in the day, where we would invite the top teams in the country to come play. No trophies, no banners, no no nothing. Uh, you would have a winner, but essentially you play six games, and you would keep the cost down, and, and, and the top teams play each other. And then you would try to make it where... It was all really close games. So you'd win three to two or four to three or two to one or one nothing. And at the end, you left. You didn't get a trophy, but man, you had great competition. And I just thought we were going to tournaments at some point. And we were a, a really good team, but not, not one of the best in the country. We were probably a seventh or eighth of the country. But we weren't St. Louis or Honeybaker, some of the big, big ones or in Toronto, the Marlies, the junior Canadians were so, so good at the time. So, so good. But I was sick of going to tournaments and winning 10 nothing, 12 nothing. You don't get better. It's not good for your, your team. And it certainly isn't good for the other team. No one wins. It's, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time. And you're not getting better. And that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal is to get better. That's, that's the ultimate goal. So someone posted a tournament, I believe it was in Niagara Falls, that there were AAA kids playing in an A division. Now, I've never seen that because all the ones that I've seen, the coaches want to play in the highest level tournaments possible. But if you're one of those coaches or groups of parents that are like loading up teams to play in a lower level, first of all, you're an idiot because you're just wasting your own money and you're wasting your time. Maybe it's the tournament that, that scheduled it wrong. I don't know. Having, having not been there and seen it, I hope it's just a miscommunication. But it's absolutely ridiculous because no one gets better. The way you get better in any tournament or any game is when two teams are equal. When you have to compete. Because it's about compete. Not being dominant. Not, not when your team's so much better. Yeah, I guess you work on your passing and this, but you're able to do it at such a, a, a lower speed. And, and when I teach skills to kids that are 
trying to turn pro or trying to get into NCAA and or making that next step into junior, whatever level it may be, even triple A kids or double A kids, whatever level you're trying to get to. The next level, whether it's house league to A hockey, A to double A, double A to triple A, junior, uh, tier two to NCAA, NCAA to pro. The whole difference is speed. Size, yes, but it's speed. It's making plays at a quicker pace. That's 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 the difference between the levels, is how much time do you have? When I played in junior, I could take my time and I had all the time in the world. When I went to the AHL, a little different, a little quicker. Men, a little bigger, stronger, yes, but a little less time. And then when you go from the AHL to the NHL, speed, how much faster? You don't have time to think and make that play. It's all reactionary. It's quick. And that's the difference between good players, great players, double-A players to triple-A players, and all those levels where you're trying to take that next step. Every next step, the difference is speed. It's speed. It's, 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 it's your foot speed, and it's your time to make a play. That's the key. Being able to make plays at a high, high speed. So remember that, and for those that were in that tournament, if you're one of those parents that just like to go down a level and dominate, shame on you because you ruin it for fucking everyone, especially your own kids. But summer hockey and, and hockey in general and sports, it's about fun. It's about competing. Everyone wants to win. But play at the right level. Make it fun for everyone and challenge, challenge your kids. Okay? Challenge your kids. Next item. Agents versus advisors. I, I see kids out there now that are like 13 and advisors or 14 year olds and they're getting mass emails from advisors. Mass emails. And, and, and this is a, along with all those, you know, junior A camps or junior B camps and, 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 and so forth. Just remember, a lot are money makers. And I'm not, listen, I, I brought my son when he wasn't ready to go to a USHL camp. And I knew it was a money maker going in. But I want him to have that experience. But just realize a lot of emails you get out there from junior programs around the country are mass emails. You get your email, you throw it on there, $400 come for a camp. 99% of the time, your kid has no chance of making it. That, that, that's just the reality. That's me being totally honest. If you're starting to get invited to main camps, it's $150 as opposed to $400 or $350, whatever it may be. Those, those are the camps that you look at. You're getting invited to main camps. The, those are the ones you should be looking at. But like these summer leagues for $2,500 that we have in Ottawa where, you know, you play on this team, you got a good chance at, at, at making the big team. No. They're lying in their pockets. And it happens in every league. There's not one league that isn't doing it at every level in junior hockey. That's how they make their money. That's how they make their money. Selling the dream. And listen, I, I've been a part of it. I've, I've, I've done some of these camps. But just know what you're getting into before. And know there's mass emails 
and people are trying to fill their camps. You go to some of these these camps, and there's six teams, 20, 20 kids on a team, 120 people. I mean, times that by 20 teams in the league. That's a lot of fucking players. It's a lot of players. So just know what you're getting into. And I know some people don't have the wherewithal, just aren't knowledgeable because it's hard. And you get an invite and everyone's super excited. I would have been super excited at that age because I wasn't ready for that next level probably at 15 or 16 years old. I made junior hockey when I was 17 and I was the last overall pick. But know what you're getting into. Know there's mass emails and know that a lot of these are money makers. Which leads me to agents and advisors. Agents don't charge their players. Agents don't charge their players. Agents see value in players where they can make money if they turn pro later on. And that's the that's the hard thing about an agent is 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 trying to acquire we call them horses in the stable. And you try to acquire lots of horses in your stable and hopefully some pan out and hopefully more pan out than than others do. Listen, everyone wants Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Sidney Crosby. They all want the big guys. They get gobbled up by the big big guns. We 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 know that. We 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 know that. But you're trying to get enough horses in your stable where guys turn pro. But agents don't charge fees. They're trying to pick players that they think can make the money down the road. And that's just the business of it is. I had an agent. I didn't actually have mine until I actually got drafted because I, I didn't need one. And I had, listen, I, when I met my first agent, my roommate, Jim Birmingham, who was drafted by Detroit, I was like, who, who's that guy? He's like, oh, that's my agent. And I was like, oh, cool. He was like, duh, don't worry, you'll, you'll, you'll never need one. I was the last overall pick. I was like, yeah, probably fucking right. Probably, I probably don't need one. Now I ended up needing one a lot more than Jim Birmingham <laughs> over the course of both of our careers. But I found an agent that uh, later on, Larry Kelly, who was absolutely awesome. But you pay when he gets you a contract. Now came out with all of this is, and I come along with selling the dream. Advisors out there are selling parents and kids the dream of playing in junior, playing in the NCAA. That's where it's kind of went. I, I don't know as the OHL for, for me and, and having coaching there, it was more agents, agents advisors. We can say it's the same thing, but I, I, I find a difference. Advisors charge, let's say $2,500 a year for their services. And their services is to try and help you connect with OJHL teams. CCHL teams, BCHL teams, USHL teams, NAL teams, North American Hockey League, for those that don't understand, or any league trying to get to that next level. They're selling the dream that they have the connections to be able to get them there. Now, do they have connections? Yes. Yeah, I think for the most part, they, they know a lot of people involved. But I don't care who your advisor is. If you're not good enough, it doesn't matter. 
they might be able to get you a camp. But remember, a lot of these camps are just moneymakers. These guys are going to take almost anyone to these camps. So if, if, I'm, I'm not, if you don't have an agent crawling down your back, an agent, one that isn't going to charge you, then what I say is leave the advisor alone. Don't pay $2,500 to a guy that, because I have seen very few times where advisors come through with something concrete where they can get to, the, to that next level. It comes down to your talent level. Are you good enough to play on that team? Because that, that advisor is connecting you with a guy that his job is to win hockey games. There's no advisor in this world that's going to take a very, very average hockey player. And because he has an advisor, is going to get him an NCAA scholarship. It just isn't there. It's just not true. Can he get you a camp that you're going to pay $450 for? Yeah, absolutely. Buck, I'll run a camp and invite him for $450. But he's not going to get you a scholarship. He's not going to get you a place on that junior team. That comes down to you. And I don't care if you play in Lithuania. I don't care if you play in Australia. I don't care if you play in Africa. If you're good enough, they will find you. They will find you. No agent, no advisor. They will find you. You will, find, you will play in a league at some point where someone will notice you and they will bring you to a place where you don't need an agent. Listen, when you get into the pro ranks, you need an agent. I, I get guys that are drafted in, into the OHL. Let's just use the OHL or Western Hockey League, USHL. Like When you're drafted in those leagues or you're playing in those leagues already, having an agent or an advisor, whatever terminology you are, I, I think it's important because there's a lot of things that happen. You might not play a lot on one team and you want to get moved and it's easier to have your agent deal with coaches or general managers, ownership, whatever it may be. And we know that agents control a lot of the, let's just take the OHL draft or the import draft. Having an agent for the imports, it's, it's the most crooked draft in the world is, is the import draft. We're not going to this team and then they have a side deal getting paid cash uh, going to another team. Uh, I coached in the OHL, so I know that agents are calling all the time that their player isn't playing enough. And you want, again, going back, you, you want your player to play. If he's not playing on one team, you want to move him. And I think that's important to have an agent or advisor, whatever terminology you want to use for, for those levels. But if you're a fringe player out there and not a highly recruited player, I just wouldn't fall for the scheme because I, I do feel it's a scheme. And I feel it's it's people listen, I've done I've done clinics where I charge forty dollars an hour, fifty dollars an hour for kids to come out and skate at, at all levels. I'm providing a service and, and they're and they're paying for it. Listen, I I've paid that same service to other guys, Rick Ferroni, Daryl Belfry, uh, guys in Ottawa that 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 have that have worked with, with my son as well. They provide a service, ice time and training, and I pay for it. And I'm told that that's that that's called a job. And I've done it too. I just find that advisors sell a dream that really isn't reality. 
you're getting something when I take your kids out or, or people. And I just got an email from uh agent this morning to work with some of his OHL guys and guys that are going to NHL camps. And it's a service. They bring players. I train them. I, I teach them stuff that I think is relevant uh, for them to get to the next level. They pay a fee and, and, and hopefully we're both happy. But I haven't seen too many people have success in paying advisors and making that next step. It's usually, it's a fugazi, fugazi. That, 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 that's to me what an advisor is. It's like a little puff of smoke. You send your $2,500, they give you the, the walk around, but not much comes out of it. Not much at all usually comes out of advisors getting people to the next level. So just beware, buyer beware. And if you don't care about the $2,500, that it usually costs a year, then, hey, go do it. Let me know how it goes. Let me know if you've had great experiences with advisors. I haven't I haven't heard any, to, to be honest. And I've been asked this question. I get asked this question probably more than anything, along with training and, and development, but it's advisors saying, you know, for $2,500, I, I can get you here or I can help you get to that next next level. I just haven't heard. So if, you, if you've had great success, Please let me know, but I haven't uh, certainly had that. Uh, any more questions, feel free always to reach out. I love touching uh, on these. I, I like doing it a couple times a year. I like doing also a live show where I can be interactive with you people and, 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 and listen and give you feedback right away. Also reach out on, on Twitter at Matthew Barnaby 3636. Um, and, and all the different uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, um, or even to my website um, on MatthewBarnaby36.com. Hope this was uh, informative. Like I said, I don't want people getting ripped off. I want people to to have a little bit more knowledge. I, I, I think I have that playing 15 years in the NHL, having a kid that plays in the East Coast Hockey League, that we've dealt with a lot of these same issues, uh, the development, the training side of it. Never had to really deal with the agent uh, advisors uh, stuff, but anything. Uh, always feel free to ro- reach out, and I, I love seeing kids get to the next level. I've had a lot of kids go on to the OHL uh, to play NCAA hockey, um, so that that was kind of cool for me. I've also trained kids that now play in the NHL, and it's all it's 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 really cool uh, for me to see those. And I know that there's a lot of parents out there that you know. I grew up in a single parent family. I had my mom. She didn't know anything about this. I we kind of learned on our own. You know, I I'm I was kind of 18, 19 years old navigating it through myself because my family had no clue on on which way to turn. So, you know, that 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 part um I, I know can be tough for a lot of people out there and they're always chasing the Joneses. But just remember, development, you gotta play. You gotta play. Better to play than sit on the bench. Don't chase the A. Training, skills and skating over tourneys. If you can afford both, God, tourneys are fun. Burnout doesn't exist. Burnout doesn't exist if your kid wants to be there. If you got to drag him there, let him go to the beach. Let him play soccer. Let him play Fortnite, whatever it may be. Let him do it. And agents always over advisors. Agents don't charge until you play pro. And that's where they make their money. Advisors, to me, is more of a scheme. 
That's just the way I see it. And I have some friends that are advisors that probably won't be very happy. But to me, it's like a fugazi fugazi, like Matthew McConaughey said. It's tough. It's tough. Don't chase the Joneses. Matthew Barnaby Unfiltered, Riverworks, July 23rd. Live show after the Chicklets Cup. My boy, Sean Green, can't wait to be there. My daughter turning 23. She will have her first drink ever. Yeah, right. Like and subscribe to Unfiltered with Matthew Barnaby. Love you guys. Have a great week. I'm starting to feel better. Thank you, Dad, for not pulling out. I'm not going to say he created a legend. Created a, a good guy that's made a few mistakes, but love and life. Cheers. Have a great week.